I'm excited to start the, uh, the series today because I think this is going to be one of those series, one of those messages, one of those times where we're going to look back and we're going to say, yeah, that, that changed the culture of our church. That changed who we are today. That, that was a landmark. That was, that was a paradigm shift in the culture and its community. And, and we, we were working, I was working with Heath. He did a great job designing a graphic that we'll probably throw up here next week. I forgot to get it to the team. Um, that's our new logo. You can't see the tree, but we also want to get uh, Christmas and community up there if we can. But, um, but anyway, here's, here's what we are. And it's, he, he kept wanting to put, even our web designer put Christmas community or Christmas in the community. And they, they both were kind of playing those words. But the key to this series is Christmas in community, not in the community, not, not as in a place, but as in who we are. A family, Christmas as family. You could almost put the word as in there. Christmas as community. And it's not a, a, a destination where we're going. Listen, kingdom is not a destination. Kingdom is a person. Kingdom is Jesus. And, and community is not a place where we're going. Community is who we are. Community is the culture in which we are. And, and God makes community a big deal. I'm not preaching this because it's a, it's a new relevant word, it's a new fad, it's, a, it's the new let's do life together, let's do you know these, these tag words of Christianity. I'm preaching this because it's a big deal to God's heart. Because in the beginning was family, in the end is family, and the government of heaven is family. The government of heaven, God designed family, God designed community, He lives in it, He dwells in it, it's what's in heaven, it's the government of heaven is family. See, he even says in the beginning in Genesis, he said, it's not good for man to be what? Alone. The enemy wants to isolate us. He wants to, to make us all alone. And he makes to think that we can do this on our own. Jesus didn't come to the cross so that you could be saved to be alone. He saved us so that we could be one with each other. He calls us the bride. So, so week after week, we're going to go through this. And, and I just feel there's a few parts to, to, to family, to community. And you can, I'm going to just interchange that word community and family. Because I think it's just a lot of the same. But I believe first is the kingdom family. Then I believe there's, there's the church family. There's the local family. There's the upper room family. And then I think week three or, or part three, we're going to hit the natural family probably on Christmas Eve or so. So then we're going to talk about going into the community. And I think Matt's going to preach on that one. So, so there's going to be four, at least four parts of this. I think we have three Sundays, or is there four Sundays left? I think I get five opportunities here, and Matt's going to take one. But Christmas Eve might look a little different. But that's really the goal. That's where we're going. So that's where we're going. So today, say kingdom. Kingdom family. Kingdom community. Say, I'm a son or I'm a daughter. All right. Hopefully you didn't say both, because that would be just a little weird. Um, could I grab a water from anybody? Hopefully it's 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 not from a Michigan fan because it may have stuff in it. I just, I just oh. John might spit in my water or something. You know, if you're really Big Ten fans, you'd be rooting for Ohio State to represent the Big Ten for the national championship. All right, there's my pitch. Okay, I really got to get off of this. All right, football's not my life. Um, honestly, I've only watched about two games this year, but last night was a good one. Last night was a real good one. Second half, I just muted it, and I just worked on my message. And I look up occasionally, another touchdown. Wow. Yeah. Oh, a scoop and score. Hey. <laughs> I was almost having a spiritual experience during the Buckeyes game last night. It's awesome. All right. 
So, so Jesus, you know, and, and we're centering this around Jesus because everything is centered around Jesus. Yes. Yes. Our lives, the word, it's centered around Jesus. And, and Jesus was the answer for everything in the Old Testament. And he's the answer for everything to come. come on. Jesus is, he's the real deal. And, and it's, he is the reason for the season. There'd be no Christmas without Christ. Okay, so that's why we're here. And that's why it's Christmas and community and everywhere Jesus went. He attracted community. So we're going to dwell for the next few weeks on really two texts of scripture. And we're going to be in Isaiah nine and we're also going to be in John 17. But, you know, when I look at Jesus, he attracted every time and even at his birth, he attracted the wise men to come. He attracted the shepherds to come. He attracted these people. So and then everywhere he moved, he moved in community. He'd start healing people. He'd start preaching. He'd start speaking to the multitudes. And all of a sudden, multitudes, community would show up and dwell around him. And then now they're suddenly figuring out, oh boy, now we got to feed these people. Now we got to figure this out. Now we have a community established. Now what do we do? And community followed Jesus wherever he went, from a little boy, from a baby, all the way through. And then community was also attracted to the cross. His family was there, the soldiers that, that poked his side. And then they're thinking, oh, what did we just do? Even once he left the earth, he still attracts community. He even told the disciples, he said, go to the upper room and wait. My spirit's going to come. So they came and it ended up dwindling down because community is, is hard. How many would agree that sometimes community is a hard investment? We have to be an intentional uh, doing community. We have to be intentional about being part of community. See, many of us, we want the blessings, we want the benefits of community, but we really don't want to invest in community. Because it's hard to have a conversation. It's hard. Now it involves meetings. Now it involves more people. Have you ever tried to get everybody to agree on one thing? A mass of people? It's hard, isn't it? It's, it's it, Honestly, it really doesn't happen. Not everybody agrees 100%. But when there's community, now you begin to just have an understanding. We don't have to have an agreement. We have to have an understanding. I understand where you're coming from. You understand where I'm coming from. And we're still moving together in unity. What do you feel the root word of community is? Unity. unity. And we're going to go through some of these things like the Israelites being in community, coming out of slavery, coming out of Egypt, and going into the promised land. We're going to talk about Acts. The church of Acts that, that were in one mind, one what? Accord. The vehicle at that time was Honda. They were in one accord, right? So they were in one accord. And, but the enemy, he want, you see the power of community. You see the power of family. You see the power of unity. And you see it in your house. What's the Bible say? A house divided can't what? Can't stand. So the enemy wants division. The enemy wants you isolated. If you look at uh, Financial Peace University used to show a video, I don't know if they still do, but they used to show a video on this gazelle. And he talked about gazelle intensity. Is that still on there? Yeah. So you see this video and, and you see this little gazelle. See, when these lions or these leopards or whatever, they sneak around and they're in that grass, right? And all of a sudden, you see these wildebeest or whatever it is, and they're in this giant herd or pack where you see a shark, a fish, and a school. There's safety, there's power in numbers in that community. But what happens is these, these lions or these, these predators, they start chasing around and they start trying to split up that herd and split up that community. Because if they do and they just catch one outside isolated, that's their target. And then they all hone in on that one and they keep it away from the herd. And they keep it away from getting back to the, to the safety of the multitudes. They keep it, they keep it isolated. And that's what the enemy wants to do to us to think, yeah, it's just, I can do this alone, just me and Jesus. 
Listen, that's, that's not the government. That's not the system. That's not what he set up. He set up so that we can have each other. Amen. The Bible even says submit one to what? Another. He says it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for us to dwell alone. Submit one to another. So, so we're going through the, the word and we're going through the Bible. And we're going through what the government of heaven is. Amen. In the beginning was, was the Father, Son, and Spirit. And it was like, well, it was just the Father. Actually, if you read in Genesis, it says the Holy Spirit was hovering over the earth. And then he says, let us make man in our image. The Father was not alone. In the beginning was always the Father, Son, and Spirit. And in the end, there will always be the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. In the beginning, there's family. In the end, there's family. There's family. It's community. But that predator, the enemy, if he can just get us alone, get us isolated, get us thinking, well, my offense, I can do this on my own. I can, I can watch Upper Room Vimeo and be cool. I don't need discipled. I don't need mentored. I don't, I don't need a covering. And we're going to go through some of this in detail as the weeks go by. But, you know, Paul, he's writing and he's talking about being sent. He says they laid hands on him and, 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 and Barnabas. Wait, is Paul or Silas? Either way. Paul and his partner in crime. At the time, he says, and I'll get to the text next week. He was sent. They laid hands on him and sent him. And the Holy Spirit was with him. See, there's something about a covering. There's something about being sent. When all of a sudden you become a lone ranger and you're unteachable and you want to be isolated out, all of a sudden you're all away from that herd. You no longer have safety in a multitude of counsel. You no longer have covering. You no longer have protection. You no longer have that, that security and that comfort. But more than that, support, Amen. freedom, fun. I would much rather be in a family than an orphanage. Come on. Right? Yes. So we're going to get there today just about kingdom. God is not an administrator of an orphanage. He's a loving father. And he wants every one of his children to dwell with him in his home. So today we're talking about kingdom family. Kingdom family. Say kingdom family. Kingdom, kingdom community. So let's go to, let's go to Isaiah. And we're going to go 9, 6 through 7. And today as a church, we're going to end with doing communion together. And I just really have a passionate vision about what that's going to look like. And I just know there's going to be freedoms here today. I know there's offenses. I know there's trust issues. For one, if you, you may not trust God because your father abused you. You don't want... You, that's what you equivalent a loving father to is somebody who puts their hands on you. Somebody who does things they shouldn't do. Somebody who yells at you. Somebody who punishes you. Your father, he's a loving father. He wants nothing more than just love on you, adopt you. And that's powerful. That messes me up when I talk about that. Listen, Jesus didn't have to do what he did. He did it and he chose us. There's difference between being born into a family and being chosen to a family. We were chosen. We were adopted with the spirit of adoption. And, and, and Scott Thompson really told a great story about that. You need to listen to that if you haven't yet. We have it available. And he talks about there's a difference between being born into it, even in the legal system in the U.S., and an adoption is more powerful legally. You're legally bound than a father to a child. A father can, can walk away, and then you have to fight for rights, and you have to fight for support, and you have to fight for these things. 
Somebody who chose to adopt a child and went through the legal process to adopt, you cannot legally, it is illegal to walk away from that relationship. And even in the Middle East, in Jesus' day, an adoption was more powerful than being born into a family. So that's what he's painting here, saying, I'm going to adopt you into the community of the kingdom. I'm going to adopt you into a family. And I'm not doing it because I owe it to you. I'm not doing it because you're, you're, you're this great person. I'm doing it because I'm choosing you because I love you. You've not earned this place. You don't have to. Then we get back into a system of works. But this is a system of community. The community's hard. It's taking us years to build community. It's taking us, and we're still moving towards what unity looks like, what honor looks like, what it looks like to have a meeting where you're not yelling at each other because we're so passionate. What does it look like to have a family moving at the same pace in the same direction? What does that look like? We're getting there. We're getting there, and it's looking really good. It's so fun. It's so fun. I heard Cheryl and I had a great meeting yesterday. See, in family, we have fun. In family, we're free together. In family, there's no jealousy or strife. So over the last year, we've worked towards having three or four different worship teams and leaders. And that's a challenge. It's a challenge when you take those different personalities and we're saying, be free to be you and, and you do your style and you do your thing and then make sure there's not jealousy. Make sure it's not this team against that team and make sure all these things are, are happening and, and make sure that we're still within the vision of the church and where God's taking us, but yet be flexible to be free. Amen. And even for Cheryl to step aside and say, it doesn't have to be me every week. I want to raise up people and I want my sons and daughters and I want the people coming up from under me to, to, for, my, for my floor to be their, for my ceiling to be their floor. I caught it this time. So yesterday, Cheryl's like, man, a couple of weeks ago when I led, for the first time in a long time, I had fun. It was so fun. I just got up there and I just was me and I had fun. That's what family looks like. God's calling you to be you because everybody else is taken. Listen, community is not making sure we're all doing the same thing. That's not unity. That's control. That's, that's communism. God isn't raising up a communist kingdom. We don't all have to do and be and look the same, right? We just have to be in unity in that. And unity is actually taking the differences and still loving each other. And saying, it doesn't matter what you look like or who you are or what ministry you lead. I love you. And I'm going to do everything I can to bring you up and raise you up. Even if it's not my ministry. Even if it's not my family. Even if it's not my home. I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to elevate you. I'm going to brag about you. And I'm actually going to encourage you. A community encourages one another. So let's, let's get to Christ, Christmas, and community. Isaiah 9.6 says this. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Say government. government. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Listen, the government of heaven is family. The government of heaven is community. And the government of heaven will be on his shoulders. God is the head. The bride is the body. Are you following me? 
God's head is not proportionally yet to the body. He's waiting and he's raising up a body that becomes proportionate to his head. So that the government of heaven, Christ himself, can rest on the shoulders of the church that resides in a culture of community. Amen. Are you with me? And when this happens, there's going to be no end to what's possible. There is no end to the government. There is no end to what God has to offer here. Amen. So, so we're carrying on. There will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Listen, the government of heaven, the government of the kingdom is family. It dwells in community. Christ is in community. He attracts community. He desires community. His heart is family. John 17, let's, let's go there. John 17, I'm just going to read a couple scriptures there. That is a great chapter to read. It's the Father's Prayer. And it's his father's prayer in relation to what a son and a father should look like. John 17 is a good summary of the kingdom. So we're going to start around chapter or verse 20. And it says this. I am praying. And this is Jesus praying. He's praying. He says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will be a, one just as you and I are one. Everybody say one. One. I pray that they will be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Yes. When we come in community, when we come into oneness, when we come into to what family should look like, it is a testimony of the purpose of Jesus coming to the earth. He came to bring redemption. He came to bring unity. He came not just to redeem singles. This was not a singular, I'll save you to be a lone believer on an island somewhere. This was a, a team thing. He, he paid the price for everybody. He came for the whole earth to come to know him. It was the whole world. Right? Not just the parts we like or the colors we like or the, the color skin we like and don't like and the language that we can understand. Who cares about the language of the people we don't understand? Right? I, I, I'm just frustrated. And I'm not taking sides. I've not researched. But the whole thing with the racial division in the country being re-entered and re-cultivated and, and, and just continually re-established. Yeah. Martin Luther King Jr. didn't give his life for us to still continue with this decades later. Amen. Jesus didn't give his life so that 2,000 years later we're still bickering about what color our skin is. Jesus came for a people, two races, saved and unsaved. Those who know me and those who don't know me. Those who are indwelling as citizens of heaven, who are sitting in high places, and those who aren't yet. Amen. Emphasis on yet. I love our colorful church. I love going to Mexico with a Korean, a Japanese Hawaiian, and, and a biracial John. 
and getting stopped at the customs at the border and then searching through everything. <laughs> and we're laughing about it. I'm like, well, go, go and figure. Look, who, look who's with us. <laughs> and they probably couldn't figure out what any of us were. Well, we're checking these guys in there in a red Impala. <laughs> we're driving in a red, kind of beat up Impala. So anyway, that's, that's, that's who we are. But God has called us to reside together. I'm so frustrated with, with, with the enemy continuing to isolate races. Continuing to divide a country who was united in Christ. Amen. The foundations of America were founded on unity. Unity, pursuing God passionately with purpose and dying for the cause. Amen. Yeah. Okay, I'm totally off track here, but let's get back on it. It's not just you and Jesus. We're called to live in community. We're called to, to dwell together. We're called to, to live in this house together. But we're called to also live with the Methodists. And the Baptists and the Pentecostals and, and whoever else. For Pete's sakes, we're dividing ourselves with our religions. The only reason they ever divided in the Bible and when Paul went out and established churches was to divide and conquer. Not to divide and fight. It was, you go reach this region of land, I'll go reach this region of land, and then I'll write you letters and we'll encourage each other, and we'll actually be on the same team trying to lead people to the cross and what Jesus' love is really like. Amen. It wasn't to sit there and have this board meeting every year to figure out what rules we're going to imply on the people this year. It wasn't to sit there and figure out, well, your doctrine says this. You drink this. You put that on your body. It wasn't for that. It's the same word. Amen. Forget about the minor doctrines. We have a major doctrine that conquered it all, that came to bring liberty and freedom and unity, and it was the cross, and His yeah. name is Jesus. Yeah. All right. Jesus didn't go to the cross for individual redemption. He went for everybody. He went for the purpose of community to bring the whole earth. Listen, there was a separation. Sin had separated us from the Father. There was a fall. But Jesus didn't come back to just play games. He didn't come back to just, to just have fun and do some miracles and raise some dead people. He came back to paint a picture what culture was like. This is community. When he meets with the disciples and he's breaking bread and having communion with them. And he says this, he says, hey, let's work on our relationship right now. Let's work on our connection. Peter, Judas, I want covenant with you. You're going to deny me three times and you're going to sell me out. And you're not even going to be with me anymore. But right now I care about connection. Right now, I won't covenant with you. That's what community looks like. That's what Jesus came to the earth. He came to the earth and says, I will even dine with my enemies. Amen. I will even sit there and I will feed and I will serve and I will wash the feet. And I will lift others up. That's what community looks like. That's why we, we go through and we pray for another church. That's why... I see Chris Kalua from Jesus Culture who had a young baby die yesterday. 
I'm heartbroken over that. I don't know what happened, but I'm praying for that family for the last 24 hours. That's kingdom. That's community. I've never met this guy. But I know he's going through a hard time. He and his wife. Even ministries I don't agree with. There's a lot of them. How many agree? There's a lot of weird ones out there. But I think at times we'd be called weird with a pastor that cries every week. <laughs> we got art on the stage and flags going everywhere. We're weird. But I love it that God calls us a peculiar people. We're chosen. We're chosen to live together. I just want to finish this up. And um, do you guys want to do communion with your children or not? You with? Okay, we're going to, if somebody could go work on getting the kids back in here in five minutes. We can give them a five minute heads up. <coughs> Tina's got it. Five minutes heads up. Here's where I'm at today. And I just feel like we can't overlook that people may come into our church who aren't yet saved, who aren't yet into the family, who aren't yet adopted as sons and daughters. And even if you're saved, it doesn't mean you've yet got the spirit of adoption. You have the baptism of love, the baptism of his spirit, and there's all these things. And today, I just I want to focus on one thing, and I want to close with this, and I want to pray for you. That God says himself that he desires for you to be his children, his sons and his daughters, not just, not just saved. Listen, there's a difference. There's a difference between being saved and actually dwelling in the Father's house daily in covenant as a son or as a daughter where you can actually say Papa, Daddy, Abba. There's a difference. I was a believer for a long time, but I became a son just a couple years ago. There's a perspective change there. There's something that happened to me where I understood the spirit of adoption and there's kingdom community available to you and it looks like a family where your dad is perfect. Your dad is not the dad that raised you. Your dad is not the dad that walked out on you. Your dad is not the dad that, that hits you or abused you or yelled at you. Your dad is the perfect father that has ever existed. And he's not incomparable or comparison to anything or anybody else on the face of this planet. And today, he doesn't just want to invite you into salvation. He literally wants to choose you to be a son and to be a daughter. Galatians 4. Let me get there. There's, there's a couple spots in Romans, Galatians, another spot or two that God talks about the spirit of adoption. This is my favorite one. It's short, sweet, and to the point. In Galatians 4, 4 through 7. And I'm closing, and I'm just going to pray for you for the spirit of adoption just to come upon you. That there will be a legal settlement today over your life. That God, who is the justice of all justices, who is the chief justice Amen. on staff, Amen. ready on his throne room to open you, to let his throne be open, his, his secret places, his intimate places, his courts, for his children. It says this, it says, But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law, God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law. Say, I ain't no longer a slave. I Say, I want to be free. So that he could adopt us as his very own children. His very own children. He wants to adopt us as his very own children. 
And because we are his children, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Or in today's translation, a term of endearment, Daddy, Papa. Now you are no longer slave, but God's own children. And since you are his child, God has made you an heir. Everything that's in heaven, as a son or a daughter, belongs to you. You're an heir to the kingdom. You have a right. When I walk in my dad's house, I, don't, I politely ask for a pop, but I don't have to beg or expect that he's not going to give me one. I walk in, and I get one. I don't have to ask and beg to open up my Christmas present when he hands it to me at Christmas time. Here, here, Aaron, here's a present. You can't open it. I'm going to mess with you a little bit. No, I tear up that thing. That's my gift. That's for me. I'm a son. I'm a son. And I don't do it disrespectfully. I do it with honor and all the goodness of my daddy. All these gifts, everything he has for me, the unity, the community, the family of heaven, it's mine. Now I'm no longer alone. God didn't die for me to be in isolation. Now I can be part of a family. I can be part of a community. Amen. That's the spirit of adoption where we can cry out, Abba, Father, he's my daddy. There's a difference. I went from knowing him as Savior and Judge to Daddy and it changed. It wrecked me. It wrecked my life. It wrecked my ministry. It wrecked my marriage. Because now I'm learning to be a son. Because I know this. If I can be a good son and I can come into this relationship and submit as a son and honor as a son and love as a son and respect as a son, now all of a sudden I'm going to be an amazing father, husband, friend, fireman, Deer Hunter, Ohio State Buckeye fan. As a son. I received that inheritance last night of the victory of the Big Ten Championship. As a son. Will you stand with me? I want to pray this. I just want to pray over you. And I just... I just want you to open your hands out like you're receiving that Christmas gift. This is Christmas in community. This is Christmas in family. This is, this is Christmas with your papa, with your daddy. Many of you, maybe your fathers have passed away. Maybe your fathers have, have, have no relationship with you. Maybe you have really great fathers. And that's even a better analogy. I had a great father. I have a great father. And now, if I realize I have a great father on earth, but my daddy in heaven is way, 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 way better than him. I'm thinking, woo, this is going to be fun. Because now I have a papa who has endless money. My dad had a limit on his finances, right? And all of your dads do too. But my dad in heaven, his streets are made of gold. He hands out jewels like they're candy. And now I'm thinking, I'm an heir to the throne. I have kingdom economics now we'll let the kids get settled here as, as we go into this prayer just find your family kids as soon as we're done with this prayer the band can come up alright just, just open those hands up God today we, we thank you for community we thank you that you are the father of the universe. That you have put everything in alignment. You have put every star. You have put every hair on my head. And you have perfectly made me. 
Hey God, even though you are that complex, right now you are dialed in like a spotlight focused on me. So God, I thank you right now for the spirit of adoption that's happening in this place. Because without the spirit of adoption, without the, the family unit, without the government of your kingdom, God, we won't know what unity is going to look like. We won't know what honor and love and, and, a, and a system without jealousy or strife or competition, God. So right now we come into the alignment of sons and daughters. And right now we receive the baptism of your love. We receive acceptance right now. We receive your affirmation right now. And most of all, we receive your adoption from heaven, choosing us. Not being born into this family, not being born into a system, God, but choosing us and legally adopting us right now. Putting the stamp of your, stamp of your approval through your hands and those, those nails that pierce those hands. The blood that ran down. God, that, is, that blood is dripping down to seal the contractual agreement with us as heirs, as sons and daughters right now. Across your people in this room, as sons and daughters. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you that there will be spiritual encounters tonight. That there will be liquid love flowing through this place. And liquid love in our dreams. Liquid love just waking us up. And wave after wave after wave of your love, Daddy. Wave after wave and wave after wave of your love, of your grace, of your mercy, of your affirmation, of your acceptance, of your encouragement, God. You are our biggest fan, Papa. And we say yes. We say thank you, Daddy. Just, just say that. It feels awkward sometimes. Say thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Jesus. All right, we're going to ask the band to come, and I just I want to read to you, and you can stay standing. It's just going to be a moment. We're going to just prep for communion. What I want to do here is I want to do it as a, as a church, and I want everybody to come up front together with your families. We're going to all take it together.